Good morning, I'm Nikki Hunt and I'm one of the pastors here. 2021 celebrates the 150th year of First Christian Church. We're in a series talking about the biblical truth that the church is God's plan A. We've been studying the book of Acts and noticing how God uses the church as God's plan A to address the problems of the world. In reflecting upon God's early church, we also can celebrate our local church and all that God is doing in the ministries of FCC. I'm excited to share that today is the first of several Sundays that we'll call Five by Five. On these Sundays, the message will be brought by five individuals, each speaking about five minutes. And I'll be kicking us off. I wanna talk with you about one specific part of the truth, that the church is God's plan A. God needs church leaders and missionaries and church planners and children's ministers and teachers, and the list could go on and on. God needs all these to advance God's people. And you might wonder, where do they come from? Well, the church is God's plan A to send people. God's church is meant to be a sending church, and since the days of the church in Antioch, we see an intentional strategy to send out workers that have been trained in the church and prepared for ministry. In chapter 12 of Acts, Barnabas, a Christ follower, has traveled from Jerusalem to Antioch and saw that Jews and Greeks alike were coming to know the name of Jesus. Excited about what was happening in Antioch, Barnabas went to Tarsus and found Saul and brought him back to Antioch. Saul and Barnabas stayed in Antioch for a year and fellowship with the church and taught there. We read in Acts 13, 1 through 3, Now in the church at Antioch there were prophets and teachers, Barnabas, Simeon called Niger, Lucius of Cyrene, Menaean who had been brought up with Herod the Tetrarch, and Saul. While they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, Set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. The church in Antioch fasted and prayed, placed their hands on Barnabas and Saul, and sent them off to do the work for which God had called them. The church is God's plan A to send missionaries. I love this Acts passage for several reasons. First, diversity. Those at Antioch who were listed represent various languages, cultures, classes, and races. This representation reflects the diversity of people in God's kingdom. Second, Barnabas. His name means son of encouragement, and that was him. He was a mentor to Saul, also known as Paul, when few were ready to befriend a former persecutor of Christ's followers. And third, sending. The church at Antioch didn't just keep the gospel and their leaders to themselves. They sent them out. In this passage, we see that some sent and some went. Acts 13, 1 through 3, reminds of what this church, FCC, is doing right now. You might remember the Send campaign from three years ago. More than a million dollars was given in just a few months to help kickstart a ministry leadership program at Milligan University, plant two churches, and launch an internship residency fund at FCC. We are ascending church, and we plan to be for years and years to come because the church is God's plan A to send ministers. As I said, I'm Nikki, and I'm one of the pastors here. I'm also a homegrown FCCer. When I was a preschooler, my neighbor Kitty brought me to vacation Bible school, and I never left. There was something about Jesus and loving everybody and the idea that God sent God's son for me that just stuck, and I didn't want to miss coming to this place. 
I was baptized in that very baptistry. I loved writing to missionaries Greg and Becky Johnson in Kenya. I served in the first and second grade class with the first lady's women's newspaper, with the friendship class for people with developmental disabilities, and was a middle school sponsor on Wednesday nights. I served anywhere I could. I was serving. I just didn't know I was also being prepared to be sent. While I was at ETSU, I felt God's call to pursue vocational ministry, and in 1998, I joined the staff as an assistant to children's minister Susie Redman. Over the years, my roles have changed. I've been children's minister, outreach minister, and executive minister. But what hasn't changed is what I learned as a four-year-old from Emma Russell and Jim and Betty Carmichael and Marie Bowman. God made everyone, God loves everyone, and everyone can tell everyone everywhere about God's love. And that's a pretty good base to be ascending church. You know, FCC has seen many staff come and go, and sometimes that's tough. But over the past few years, we've been learning a pretty important truth, that when a church trains its staff to lead, to reach others with the gospel, some of them are being trained and they will go to do ministry in places that God has uniquely wired them for, and some of them are being trained to send. We have senders and goers because the church is God's plan A to send church leaders. So if you haven't figured it out, I've been at FCC about 40 years, and I kind of figure I'm a sender. A lot of us are. And I used to think that being a sender wasn't that great. People would leave FCC for the exciting, unknown, really following God, and here I was back in Johnson City. But now I don't think that anymore. Now what I think is this, that some of us will go and some of us will send, and 40 years in, I guess that's me. I was sent by a children's ministry to follow God's calling, and that calling led me to my own backyard to carry out a calling all about sending. And I've decided I like that calling, to equip and train, to encourage and befriend, because the church is God's plan A to send the generations. Sending people to share the love and message of Christ with those far from God is still God's hope for the church. Some of us will go, and all of us should send. So thank you for investing in me and sending me out to come back to FCC to send others. And I want to challenge you to join me in sending out the next generations to our neighborhoods, our city, our country, and our world. And getting started is easy. Take a moment to be intentional. God made everyone, God loves everyone, and everyone can tell everyone everywhere about God's love. Remember, we all will send and some will go because the church is God's plan A to advance God's people. After Stephen's death, the persecution broke out everywhere and the young church of Jerusalem was scattered. Some stayed, hidden in quiet rooms, worshiping in hushed tones, but most were driven out to the countryside of Judea, into Samaria, and countries throughout the Roman Empire. And when they got there, they discovered there was no church. What do God's people do? What does the church do when there is no church? Well, we start churches. The church is God's plan A to start churches. If the church is God's plan A to do all of the good work that God wants to accomplish in the world, well then the thing we need to do is start churches to do that good work. And this is what they did. 
Everywhere Paul went throughout the book of Acts, sometimes he's driven out. But if he leaves of his own accord, he leaves only when the church has been planted. When a group of believers has gathered, when leaders have been appointed to perpetuate the church, when the gospel has taken root and they've begun to baptize people, once the church is there, he can safely leave to go plant churches elsewhere. And that is what this church has done for our whole history. I'm so excited the last five years that I've been here. We've planted more than five churches in these last five years as we have systematically worked in places where churches were needed because we know the church is God's plan A to plant churches. But this energy we've had the last five years, that's nothing new for this church. This church has been a church planting church from the very beginning. Uh, there was a newspaper article published in anticipation of our 50th year. And the Johnson City Press reports that in the first 50 years of this church's existence, we planted more than 50 churches. More than 50 churches in 50 years. That's amazing. I've, I've truly never heard of anything like it. And that's what we did. I know the story of a few of those plants, and they're wonderful, but I'm just going to tell you one. It's one of my favorites. It actually happened just after that in 1921. There was a, a family from this church, the Hardin family, who because of work had to move to Cranberry, North Carolina. They'd been active members of First Christian Church. They taught a little kid's Sunday school class. But when they got to Cranberry, there was no church at all. Not just not a Christian church, there was no church of any kind. Cranberry wasn't much of a town, mainly a railroad stop between here and Boone. But there was a community there, and they needed a church. So the next week, the Hardens came back to Johnson City, got up early, rode the train back. They came to worship at First Christian Church back when we were still downtown. And they got up and they said, we need to start a church. And so for six months... Members of this church would get up early, take the train on Saturdays, and go build up in Cranberry all day long. For six months, uh, the Hardin family and others who helped them began to meet their neighbors in Cranberry to seek out those who were already followers of Christ and inspire them to help them launch a church. For six months, uh, people were, began studying and preaching the gospel of Jesus. They started a Sunday school class in an old cow shed so they could reach people who didn't know the good news of Christ. And people began to be baptized. And so within six months, the building had been built. The believers had been gathered. New believers had come to faith in Christ. And we had hired a minister for that new little church in Cranberry. And in, within six months... A whole bunch of members from First Christian Church got to ride the train up to celebrate a brand new church. What's God's plan A to accomplish God's good purposes? Well, we are the church, which means one of the things we do is plant new churches so the work of God can multiply. I'm so glad that we get to be a part of it. And don't worry, we're not done because until Jesus returns, we are God's plan A to plant new churches. Hey, FCC family, I'm Steve Goodwin, one of the pastors here at First Christian Church. I've been a First Christian for two years now, and I've been serving for a year and a half as the coordinator for our efforts for the homeless and underprivileged at West Main Street Christian Church. My message for you today as part of our current sermon series is that the church is God's plan A for taking care of the needy and underprivileged, especially those in the immediate area. 
There are a lot of passages in God's word that talk about this, but the relevant one for us today is Acts chapter 20, verses 32 to 35. As Paul is leaving Miletus, he gives an admonishment to the elders at Ephesus, who's invited to tell them about his own life and how to care for others. Paul says, Now I commit you to God and to the word of his grace, which can build you up and give you an inheritance among all those who are sanctified. I have not coveted anyone's silver or gold or clothing. You yourselves know that these hands of mine have supplied my own needs and the needs of my companions. In everything I did, I showed you that by this kind of hard work, we must help the weak, remembering the words the Lord Jesus himself said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. One of the things that I love about this passage is that Paul leads by example. Paul doesn't ask the church to do anything that he hasn't already done or shown in his life. Paul could ask the church for money to help himself and to help others, but he knows that by giving it up, the church, which is fledgling, can help others who are in need. Like Christ, Paul surrenders his power, wealth, and privileges so that others can flourish. Within the two years that I've been at First Christian, I've witnessed our church follow suit. I've been blessed to be based at West Main Street Christian Church alongside our volunteers, who've served for several years here, spending long evenings loving on and caring for our underprivileged neighbors. I've witnessed an amazing coordination of FCC volunteers, preachers, musicians, small groups serving meals, people cleaning up facilities. All people who had decided that God's church was God's plan A for caring for the needy and then did something about that. Our effort is led by an impossibly amazing team of so many dedicated volunteers that I can't even name them all. And this ministry, even when the pandemic hit, didn't stop. Rather, we dug in even harder. Our volunteers know guests' names and stories. They know their concerns and their hopes. They pray with them and they've befriended them in the name of Jesus Christ. And our church has stepped up by giving to this ministry even more in these hard times, understanding that as God's people, God has given us a priority to care for those who have less. I've witnessed what Paul has called the church to in the vein of Jesus' self-giving nature. The church gives with open hands and generous hearts, not hoarding anything for itself or keeping its wealth for itself. It gives because it knows Jesus has given us so much, blessing our community in his name. Anybody in the community can feed people, clothe people, or provide goods and services. There are a lot of coalitions and organizations that do something like what we do. And the church isn't God's plan A for caring for the needy because we do it best or have all the resources or because we're the only way of taking care of the poor. The church is God's plan A for taking care of the poor because we have Christ, because of God's love shown to us in Christ. It motivates us to give of ourselves and to share Jesus with those who don't know him. The church cares for the needy because we have something beyond just food and clothing. We take care of those things too, but we bring hope in the name of Jesus Christ. And this text is a call to action for us. In Paul's example of modeling Christ, we are reminded that it is better to give than to receive. That blessings don't come from hoarding resources for ourselves, but in sacrificing our wealth and time so that others can flourish in Christ with us. Like Paul, we are to work hard so that we can dedicate resources to those around us who have deep needs. We're to be intentional in loving others with open hands and generous hearts because Christ did so for us. 
And if you haven't already joined in with what First Christian is doing here in our area, there's plenty of opportunity to do so. I'm here actually at West Main Street Christian Church, and you're welcome to partner with us on Sunday nights by serving meals, distributing clothes, making coffee, or you can join in on Thursdays at The Melting Pot or one of our various other outreach efforts in the area. Contact me or Kathy if you want to help. Let's serve our poor and underprivileged neighbors together, grateful for all the opportunities God has given us through this church to bless others in the name of Jesus. Hi, my name's Kay Greer, and I started coming to First Christian Church in 1985 when I married Tommy. I've been involved in many areas of the church in the last 36 years. Sunday school, small group, Bible studies, children's ministry, women's ministry, and several others. We're in a series talking about the biblical truth that the church is God's plan A. And I want to talk to you about one specific part of this truth. The church is God's plan A for a lifelong community. We see this in the Bible when the early church is described in the book of Acts, chapter 4, verse 32 through 34. All the believers were one in heart and mind. No one claimed that any of their possessions was their own, but they shared everything they had. With great power, the apostles continued to testify to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. And God's grace was so powerfully at work in them all that there were no needy persons among them. And I have seen it in my own life as part of First Christian Church. We joined a Sunday school class in the late 80s. In fact, in this very room is where our Sunday school class was held. It was led by John and Jane Derry, and most of the people in our class were young married couples. We were all having children or had children around the same age. John and Jane were about 10 years older than us, and they had children probably in middle school and grade school. John and Jane would answer our many questions about building a strong marriage, raising children. We had so many questions. And they would also host the whole class at their house for special occasions, such as Easter. Everyone would bring their children, and we would have an Easter egg hunt. John and Jane loved children, and they loved us. One of my fondest memories is when our whole class went tent camping together. We decided to share a tent with another couple. Um, they didn't have a tent, and we only had Alexander at the time, and our friends had two little girls. One was a baby. Well, it was a very memorable night, to say the least. I think John and Jane cooked breakfast for everyone the next morning. With our class, whenever somebody would have a baby, everyone would pitch in and bring food for weeks. It was wonderful. I don't know what I would have done at the time without it. I was working full time. Our class always supported a mission. The one I remember most from that time period was when we'd go to Appalachian Christian Camp on work days. And we always had fun wherever we went and served together. The friends we made in this class years ago are still some of our closest friends. We have helped each other celebrate the weddings of our children and welcome grandbabies together. We have supported each other through the loss of parents and friends. When my mother passed away, we were finishing our basement and we were um, sealing this uh, cement walls in the basement. We were doing a whitewash. And we were in the middle of that when I had to leave. And I found out later, one of my friends from Sunday school who just wanted to be supportive came over and helped finish the walls. Now that is going above and beyond the call of duty. The community that we developed over 30 years ago goes on today. We are not all in the same Sunday school class anymore because we've gone on to serve or teach in other areas or classes. 
My life has been so blessed by my FCC family, but I would be remiss if I did not also share the fact that I've been the beneficiary of the lifelong community of Sam and Sally Greer. When we got married, their friends from the Win a Couple class gave me a wedding shower, another one of their friends hosted our wedding reception, and another friend directed our wedding. And the blessings from that class continue to today also. I would want everyone to have what I found at church. So if you're not in a group, please get in one. It is such a blessing. In God's word and in my life, this is what I've seen. The church is God's plan A for all of us to be in lifelong community. Please don't miss it. Good morning, church. My name is Elsa Hurtado, and I am one of the pastors here at FCC. I have the honor to lead the Hispanic ministry. And I want to tell you about a turning point in the church. When the church started, they only ministered to Jews. But that all changed in the church in Antioch. So we can read in Acts chapter 11. Now those who were scattered because of the persecution that took place over Stephen traveled as far as Phoenicia, Cyprus, and Antioch. And they spoke the word to no one except Jews. But among them were some men of Cyprus and Cyrene who on coming to Antioch spoke to the Hellenists also, proclaiming the Lord Jesus. The hand of the Lord was with them, and a great number became believers and turned to the Lord. News of this came to the ears of the church in Jerusalem, and they sent Barnabas to Antioch. When he came and saw the grace of God, he rejoiced and he exhorted them all to remain faithful to the Lord with steadfast devotion. For he was a good man, full of the Holy Spirit and of faith, and a great many people were brought to the Lord. The church was begun by simple believers who had been scattered by the persecution in connection with Stephen and were fleeing for their lives. They had traveled as far as Antioch at first telling the message only to Jews. Some of them, however, began to speak to the Greek also, telling them the good news about the Lord Jesus. The Lord's hand was with them, and a great number of people believed and turned to the Lord. This is a turning point for the church. This is the very first time that a church intentionally tried to include people of other cultures are part of the church. I love this passage because it teaches us an important principle. As God's plan A, we should be committed to share Christ with cultures that are different from ours. From this, we see a truth that is still true today. The church is meant to do evangelism cross-culturally, not just across the world, but with other people, our next door neighbors. And that is what happened at Antioch. They reached to Gentiles. Before this, it was just Jews. But after that all changed because they wanted to show how much Jesus loved all people. And that is what we see happening at FCC today. I don't know if you are aware, but here at FCC, we have had a Hispanic ministry for over 20 years. We launched this ministry because we know that the church is God's plan A to reach all cultures and languages. We just don't want to open the doors for Hispanic to come worship. 
We want to build a ministry that brings us all together. We have Sunday school in Spanish, and you can come and join us every day if you want. We translate the sermon into Spanish, so Spanish and English-speaking people can worship together. During the week, we have Bible studies and ESL classes. We want to reach as many Spanish-speaking people as we can and connect them to church. Let me share a story from the ministry with you. We started our ESL classes two years ago. And one day, I invited all women on the class to a women's breakfast, and two of them came. During that breakfast, I challenged them to be a part of a small group, and two of them signed up. It has been two years since that, and they are still coming to the Bible study. The other day, they told me that they love to be a part of the group and that they have changed a lot and grown to know God better. They pray and want to keep growing. They both told me they feel a part of the church and they appreciate feeling welcome from Americans when they come to church. This story has two sides. One, that the members here have been so welcoming they have learned how to say hello in Spanish, which is hola, which have made a huge difference from all of those that speak Spanish. They feel a part of the same church and they feel welcome and love when they come here. The other side is they sometimes cannot come Sundays, but we do have other opportunities during the week to grow together and have community. What happened in Antioch happens in this church today. Christians of many cultures worshiping together. There is so much more that I can share with you today about the ministry in general. But if you want to know more, please contact me. But if there is, if there is something that I would like you to leave with you today, it's with a big thank you. I thank you for your willingness to say hola when seeing a Spanish-speaking person. Thank you for willingness uh, to smile and try to talk to them. Thank you uh, to those that have helped the community in any way. And thank you to the church, FCC. I not only feel empowered as a Hispanic woman pastor, but I feel that they help the community in whatever is needed. And the community knows it. If you happen to know any Spanish-speaking person that might need help in any way, please contact them with us. Today, I challenge you and encourage you to say hola to Spanish-speaking people that you encounter, not just here at church, but everywhere. There is just something about hearing a greeting in our own language that makes us feel welcome. In fact, why don't you try it with me right now? Say hola. Do not be afraid. Dust out your high school Spanish and try it. The church is God's plan A, and that plan includes all of us from different backgrounds and culture. That is what we learn from the church in Antioch, different languages and under the same roof, all of them worshiping together. That is what we are doing today at FCC, and we want you to be a part of that.